0: Remember the simpler times of the 90s? The bygone days of Beanie Babies, affordable homes, and endless stream of John Grisham books being turned into blockbusters? Hey, remember Blockbuster? Whether you're looking for a hit of nostalgia, a laugh, or just learning about some of the behind-the-scenes insanity of working in a porn shop the day before Christmas, you have to check out the Talkbuster Podcast, an awesome podcast where every episode, Chris Chipman sits down with a guest to talk about the good and the bad of those bygone days. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander and with me as always is...
1: Dying shield brother, Axel Ray.
0: Yeah, Waxel's on uh, standby because Axel, well, Axel went into the Garden of Nurgle again.
1: And you know what? Like, as much as me and Waxel don't get along, if I actually do die, I don't hold it too much against Ulrich. Show must go on, right?
0: Exactly. We have the people. They demand the
1: content. That does assume i don't take waxel with me but that's a different conversation
0: i you're you're assuming that in your weakened state you can take out a walrus clone of yourself
1: you're assuming that i need physical strength to do it
0: well listen you can't make a death ray i don't know how much i trust your engineering abilities in this
1: regard Just because i can't make a death ray doesn't mean i can't make a death trap (laughs) and it only has to be good enough to
0: fool yourself
1: yeah exactly and who knows me better than me i mean you're making a lot of sense here anyway Jokes aside, I am ill. I'm in day three of illness, not COVID. I did test to check. It's just a head cold. It's miserable, but it's still a head cold.
0: God, I love this new reality we live in. Is it COVID or just the flu?
1: Yeah, uh, luckily, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's the flu, but I am starting to get into cough mode <laughs> today, which sucks for recording. So I apologize to whichever one of us edits this.
0: Ah, fun on a bun. <laughs>
1: So before we get into our topic, why don't we get to the privilege you have?
0: Yeah, we're talking about the patrons, the people that would be sad if this podcast went away because they like it so much. They give us money. Our wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brandon Agnew, John Vinnles, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Dona Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Mellis, Scott Ruben, Derek Ticotti, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join the illustrious legion, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Geeks with Shields. For $5 a month, you get this podcast early and a whole suite of extra episodes we put out over there.
1: So, Auric, tell our lovely Legion the topic for today.
0: Well, it seems appropriate because everyone is talking about how great that One Piece anime was.
1: The live action. Live action. The thing.
0: And it felt like it was a good time to address our stance on the... This feels like an old nerd thing because I don't feel like it's nothing anymore the big comics versus manga versus anime versus superhero flicks that whole debate debacle Sure and I and feel more. like if you are not of a certain age, this doesn't mean anything to you but if you are of our generation, this was like battle lines of the early days of the internet
1: Well plus I've been in the middle of multiple arguments about what anime means and what manga and comics mean and what animation i have thoughts on all that um i'm don't claim to be any sort of fucking expert but i'm just saying that yeah i've seen the arguments they can get weirdly mean when at the end of the day it it matters very. It, it's actually very similar to like music genre conversations where it's like this only matters for categorization purposes and we're getting real weird about it
0: yep and it only really matters to you because it reflects your personal taste.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, like, as <laughs> example, base example. I love <laughs> Western comic book characters. By that, I'm meaning specifically Detective Comics and Marvel Comics. Yeah, also Dark Horse because you know, love me some Hellboy. But I love the those characters. I love their plot lines, with very few exceptions. I am not a fan of Western comic artistic styles. And I think it has a lot to do with how faces are drawn, but. That's an example where like, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that I'm not a fan of that, of those styles. And again, there are exceptions. I love how Watchmen looks, for instance.
0: Yeah, Uh, no, I think I'm pretty clear on the record. I don't like manga and I don't really care for anime as a whole. There's a few standouts that I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But even like the titans of the genre, like Cowboy Bebop, I'm like, well, this was fun for a while, but the tropes are too strong for me to carry on.
1: Well, for me, it's just the Cubby Bop got boring. Sorry, we got to like episode 13 or 14 and I just didn't feel like yeah, watching more of it. Yeah, that, that was also kind of things like, you know, this is long
0: and I know how it, it ends in, you know, more of this quote unquote anime bullshit that I don't care about. Like, I've had fun. I'm not having fun anymore. I'm going to stop
1: watching you now. So what's funny, I want <clears throat> to get this out of the way really quickly here. Because One Piece Live Action was the thing that kind of spurring the conversation, and One Piece live action is fucking amazing, and there are plenty of people who are not in anime or manga, who never even heard the anime manga, who are liking it, hence why it's like number one in 80 plus countries three weeks in a row on Netflix or something. I also think that One Piece as an anime is kind of funny because it's kind of an anime and a western cartoon at the same time, and lately, because I've been sick, I've just been sitting and re-watching One Piece. So, I bring that up because I actually don't feel like it really counts in this conversation despite being the most successful manga of all time and the third most critically successful comic book franchise ever i kind of just want to get that out of the way and be like yeah but it's kind of like all of these things at once weirdly enough which is probably why it's so successful well there's a lot of reasons why it's so successful yeah anyway
0: but it also kind of goes into the whole grand argument it doesn't
1: matter yeah but i just want to say that like i don't i don't really want to talk about that in this conversation specifically
0: No, this is kind of, again, we're addressing the much larger thing in the room, because again, the is Avatar anime was a, (laughs) I maintain not, but that's not the point. That was a huge ongoing internet debate that people had real stakes and opinions on rather than, okay, and I don't
1: know. No, it and uh, Voltron and Castlevania, uh, and there were a couple other Western examples are are definitely anime, despite being made in- United States there's also a number of Korean and Chinese anime and the ones that get on my nerves the most are people who say that anime is only things that come out in Japan and I'm like well you're making a really not useful distinction because to me when I use the term anime I'm describing a set of aesthetics a set of narrative constructive kind of ideas I mean very broadly genre wise it's I mean medium wise but that's why I like That's why those things fall in that category, because when you say that word, it conveys a certain set of expectations that is accurate for those shows. Yeah. Whereas whereas if I said to you Shin Chan is anime, then you watched it and realized that it's basically South Park. That was that almost feels disingenuous. Like I did not give you the correct set of expectations.
0: Oh, that goes into a whole other bigger conversation that kind of hangs over all this. And we'll get to that but one thing I wanted to talk about real quick is, and I'm going to misquote him here. I feel bad. But Gendry Tartakovsky was doing an interview recent, yeah. and he was asked about the word cartoon. And he's like, <laughs> uh-huh. I use the word cartoon. It's not a pejorative. It's yeah. an animation. It Whether you call it a cartoon, whether you call it animated, whether you call it an adult animation, it doesn't matter if you're enjoying it. And we both know what we're talking about. Who cares what it's called?
1: Yeah. Well, the important thing, too, about, I mean, the word anime itself just means cartoon animation it doesn't mean anything special so let's get
0: into that one real quick because the reason this is a thing is because anime did mean something special it wasn't western animation it was a step above which is where this kind of starts from same thing with manga manga is superior to Comics, because it's from the East and therefore
1: superior. See, that I feel it's great that you say that because it shows specifically the kind of people that you've dealt with. I'm just saying this was the attitude.
0: This is where I mean, this all kind wrong. of boils you're down to. But it, it was also even further. It's an East versus West thing. Comics are superior be... because they're made in America.
1: Yeah, because I'll be very clear. I don't think anime is superior to cartoons or vice versa. And I don't think manga is superior to comics or vice versa. I think that they are really just a collection of different kind of concepts that can be good or bad on their own separately. Like, yep, I don't know. It's hard to explain because I've I've seen plenty of anime that I think are, for lack of a better term, way more simple and juvenile than what we'd expect from Western cartoons. And I've seen the reverse as well. So it's like there are exceptions that prove everything. And at the end of the day, it's just a bullshit semantic discussion which was the internet's favorite thing for a long time i don't know how common this argument is anymore i think
0: it's right? died out because this younger generation loves comics loves anime loves it all together and, and plus, they they mix like, them
1: well plus as i pointed out now that other countries are making successful animation in the same style as what was colloquially called anime then a new generation is more used to that just being some animation yeah essentially
0: no, no, it's the to... it's the Star Trek versus Star Wars oh, God. hangover, you know, like that dominated the eighties because both big franchises. Then the nineties Dragon Ball Z hit at the same time the comics bubble popped and that oh, created okay. a whole thing.
1: We can easily point to. I will say that while I disagree with this dichotomy, and I I find that the you know idea of pretentiousness about one side or the other to be extremely tiring. I think a big part of the reason why that was so prevalent, particularly in the anime community, seeing anime as somehow superior to Western animation, boils down to particularly Dragon Ball Z. Yes, I know that things like Kenshiro, uh, Fist No Star, and Akira and stuff were technically earlier, but when I think about... Dragon
0: Ball Z blew up. Dragon Ball Z dominated the late 90s and the early aughts.
1: and, And it was very different. I know for kids like myself, it felt like something wholly different from the stuff I was seeing on Disney on Nickelodeon on Fox, you know, kids like, and so that being the first kind of thing to show up on an animation network that felt like it wasn't in some way talking down to you. Now, again, I think this is not correct because shows like Curse Cowboy Dog and Eddie and Eddie were fucking amazing for whole different sets of reasons. But I think that to a preteen brain, specifically a preteen brain, that is that was some strong catnip. They've you got
0: punching and they yell and they have funny names, but it's serious because it's from a foreign country. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. And then there's like this. There was this stealth thing where we didn't realize it was anime: the Digimon, the Pokemon, the Monster Rancher, the Metabots, all that stuff that kind of came in in the late '90s, early aughts where we didn't think of it as anime. But Dragon Ball Z and Toonami, like, no, this is anime, and it's a superior art form.
1: Yeah, which it definitely isn't. (laughs) But
0: That's a weird one. Like, I think Dragon Ball Z... It's not superior
1: either. It's just another art form. But
0: I'm just saying, like, Dragon Ball Z looks better than 90s X-Men.
1: Yes. Yes, it does.
0: Even though I think they were both produced in sweatshops.
1: Yes, but part of that is that... uh, And there's a whole nest of snakes in what I'm about to bring up, so I don't want to dig too deep into it. But Japan's anime industry and how the culture views animation has been fundamentally different than how the west views it since like the 70s i want to say yeah and and so because of how their industry worked on it that's when you got more for a long term variety in your age targeting oh yeah in animation
0: and that was the other thing anime really succeeds when it took off because the comic bubble burst And the 90s were just kind of bad comics.
1: Yeah. What's funny, sidebar, but there was a good long stretch of time, and I'd argue it still kind of is, and my any listeners who are more into the anime community than I am, and I used to be big into it, but I'm not really anymore. can tell me if I'm wrong. But the anime community has almost kind of inverted that, and now there's a lot more just garbage that comes out every season aimed at very, very specific targets that uh, really drives me crazy. But anyway,
0: capitalism is the mother of invention. <sighs> Don't you know, the more options you have, the more varied product you'll receive because they're competing with each other. They wouldn't I mean, rip each up- other off. <laughs>
1: He brought up uh, Gendi Tarkovsky. He was making stuff that was like, you know, between Dexter's Lab, which, yes, felt much more like that kid-centric thing, but he also made Samurai Jack, and that wasn't too, that was what, 98, 2000, something like that?
0: It's right there on the, it's like 99, 2000.
1: Yeah, and Samurai Jack was, it wrote a line. It felt like, and I don't think that it was intentional at all, because I get the feeling that Tarkovsky is not particularly influenced by Japanese mediums at all, but the fact that it was influenced by japanese culture because fucking samurai it couldn't
0: then there's the straight up kurosawa episodes
1: yeah so it couldn't help but feel like a perfect line writing of what at the time we called anime and cartoons
0: now here's the other kind of big thing that did it and again i referenced earlier anime looked so much better better than a lot of our cartoons, especially superhero stuff we were getting at the time. Cause that was cheap made to sell action figures. The True, anime I mean, was no. also cheap and I don't know if it was made to sell, but it didn't sell here. T-shirts, lots of Dragon Ball DZ t-shirts.
1: It was made to sell manga volumes primarily. Cause yeah, that didn't industry is, but that means that it's that space. didn't translate
0: to the U S until 2000s when Barnes and Noble and, uh, no, but
1: again, what you just said makes perfect sense because when you're selling like toys All you really have to make look good is your opening sequence. Yeah. Right. But with the manga to anime adaptation principle, if you're trying to get people to buy manga volumes, then you're trying to adapt the artistic style so that you have a general (laughs) like a pretty solid idea of what you're going to buy when you go in and get that.
0: And that's the other secret. There's a lot of static shots in anime versus. Uh,
1: That's less true now. It's
0: less true now, but we're we're talking at the time. The reason yeah. it looked better is they could reuse the same image over and over and over again. And it I mean, looked really good. And then they would change the mouth flaps around and they could yeah, get away with it.
1: Beat well, Racer basically invented that trick.
0: Yep. And you can't do that with Spider-Man because Spider-Man's got to jump and flip and twip and twirl and, you know, do all I mean, his things. Actually, it's like, they,
1: eh. they, did, they did do it with 90s Spider-Man quite a bit.
0: <laughs> but it's not. They have the different secret of if you have him wearing his mask, you don't have to animate lip flaps.
1: Because, like, I would argue that the we didn't get a Western superhero cartoon that looked good until Batman the Animated Series.
0: Yeah. that Again, that was a big artistic push.
1: Well, everything but- Bruce Timm uh, did there, but... Yeah. So one, uh, one other important and again I'm not saying this makes one medium better than the other it's just a difference. So Oof. comic comics have in general uh, you know long form storytelling but long form storytelling through essentially different titles and yeah. plenty of things where they'll create like what else what if stories or else world stories and then bring in things they want they'll let a bunch of writers do a bunch of different things with whatever the thing is that is basically non-existent in the manga world. Instead, you pick up a story and you're going to be dealing with that same artist and writer for the rest of that story. And that has pros and cons. Yeah, it's
0: a blessing and a curse when it comes to comics.
1: Yeah, exactly. So one of the pros is that it makes it extremely easy to pick up manga compared to comic because you just pick up volume one. You always pick up volume one of whatever the thing you're trying to read is and just start from there.
0: Yeah, comics... We have trades, but even then, that's not always a good jumping on point and artists can change and writers can change and runs can get canceled halfway through.
1: Yeah, but I think that that also contributed to a feeling of manga stories feeling, for a lack of a better term, grander because they had this like, I'm telling one story over a long period of time well, as opposed to many. Uh, again, I don't think that's actually true. When you no,
0: know, it's, how... it's a factor because I didn't discover trades- until I was you know in my 20s I'm like oh this makes reading comics so much easier there's no more hunting through the bins for the paperbacks that are going to get destroyed and I can never read again manga always had the advantage of here's a book
1: yeah and it's labeled one two three four pick one
0: <laughs> yep and yeah that was again the big boom of the bookstores kind of helped them like they had aisles full of nerds sitting there on the floor reading them god I hated you folks <laughs> it's not a goddamn library
1: I do miss Hastings.
0: (laughs) I do too. But I hated trying to go down any aisle and just people camped in it reading like, God damn it, buy the fucking things or get out.
1: (laughs) At the very least, I read the first two (coughs) Dexter books in Hastings without buying them. But I would sit in the
0: chairs. (laughs) I was going to say, to be fair, I started reading Deadpool in the Hastings chairs. But I also decided like, oh, I'm going to read this now. Which is, going another thing.
1: By and the this way, is if this, any of you listening comment on any of the things, what's Hastings? You're going to make me feel like the guy at the end of fucking Last Crusade.
0: No, Hastings <laughs> is a weird regional thing. There are plenty of people that never had a Hastings. Really? But yeah, it was like a weird, it was based in Texas, and then it kind of spread in a weird pattern from there.
1: Okay, all right.
0: So imagine if uh, Barnes and & Noble and Blockbuster had a baby together. Pretty accurate. That was basically Hastings, and it was, it was awesome.
1: basically... Yeah, it was basically the best place to hang out with friends, and when we were in high school.
0: Yeah, because there was always shit to look at, and shit. it was great. We're not getting off on that tangent, but now this is one reason, and I've tried to figure out like why do I like comics and superhero, and I don't like anime and manga. And one of the things I realized is, I'm very specific, I like colored pictures. Yeah, I do not fine. like black and white. That's just like this is an artistic preference. Like, no, no, I want color.
1: No, yeah, that's fine. I mean, manga is almost universally black and white now again that has pluses and minuses because their focus then is in different areas i would say and they can do really clever things with black and white hatching but yeah that's perfectly reasonable as a preference
0: the other thing i discovered and it's again this is long with one it's an aesthetic thing the first thing i do when i pick up a comic if i'm going to read it i flip through and i see if i like the art style
1: if i don't like the art style, i won't read it and the thing with anime for the last let's see 40 years is that while there is a massive amount of variety of styles, like, you know, you pull up something like Mob Psycho 100, it does not look like, you know, Attack on Titan, for example. But I will acknowledge that there is a primary aesthetic that it tends to be for the stuff that was aimed at teenage boys, you know, your shonen stuff, and there's a primary secondary aesthetic, which is Shoujo, which is aimed at teenage girls, but those, like, those two primary aesthetics. You you didn't see a whole lot of stuff go outside those ranges. Yeah, if you're not in. If you're not into those that basic aesthetic. Then unless something is an outlier, you're probably not going to be into it. Which is kind of how I feel about Western comics. Oh, it's so,
0: exactly the same thing. It is. Again, this has been. This is the weird spot comics is in. Is it was targeting at adolescent to older male collectors to its detriment. I maintain that that is one of the biggest mistakes both comic producers have made in the last decade is not marketing these more towards kids or making it easier for kids to pick up these comics.
1: Well, it's funny because I know that in Western animation over the last mm, 12 years or so, there has been a, I'm not going to call it a like buzz, but there's been a you know, a somewhat vocal group of people on the internet who want to be angry about the cow arts style.
0: Uh, which I, I heard wonder. in their collective terms.
1: Yeah, because basically it's, there was a group of people, I don't know the specifics, but there's a group of people who basically all went to like the same kind of school. And when they came out, they shared similar artistic concepts. And so you can see one of the basic examples I saw was like, you compare something like Steven Universe and gumball and you look at how their heads are drawn and there's this very specific shape
0: it's circles it's always been circles nerds just thought they were special because they're like ah i found a connection therefore they're all the same
1: yeah which i'm my point is just that the same principle happens in
0: correlation is not causation
1: yeah so there's a bunch of cartoons that came out in the last 12 years or so that have some similarities in how their design construction is, but they're different in other things. Go back
0: to the nineties. It was the same then.
1: Well, I said it's worse in the 80s when they yes. were literally made to sell toys. And I'm not shitting on 80s cartoons. I fucking love me some Teenage Mutant Turtles and even original Hina. You had
0: the best concepts. The animation was everyone has admitted, like the 80s cartoons, wonderful concepts. The animation lets you down, which is why we have a whole generation like Kevin Smith taking He-Man going, but what if the animation had a budget? What if it was good? Yeah. And it's like the stories, the concepts are great. Now let's give it a budget. And like, oh, now it all works.
1: Yeah. So my point of bringing that up is that, yeah, that happens in every medium. Any medium that has a capitalism backed scenario is going to have that where there's going to be a hone in. Where a lot of the products are going to follow whatever seemingly makes the most it's, money.
0: It's a compression effect because, no, capitalism does not breed innovation. It breeds repetition.
1: Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Well, like I said, well, there are plenty of anime that I'm a big fan of for looking different. I'm not going to tell Orek wrong that there is a lot where the look is just not what he's into because that makes sense. That's how it happens sometimes comics
0: are the same there are so many great outlier comics that aren't one of the big two but the problem is and this is again all mediums there is so much on offer how do you get to that kind of fun one-off stuff mm-hmm. and also it's what you're presented like the reason we all grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and not something more obscure and better Sanji was because Nani. exactly that's what was presented to us
1: and it' came, and it came on like right when we got home from school
0: yeah no they had that block locked down. Which led to a whole generation of people loving Dragon Ball Z.
1: Which is is funny because I've made it very clear in multiple recordings that I do not have a love for Dragon Ball Z anymore. And I did. I was one of those kids who fucking watched like every Toonami episode of Dragon Ball Z I could get my hands on. I was super into it. Basically up until I was about, I don't know, 16 or 17 and... Then I kind of stopped and then I went back and rewatched it when I was in my early twenties and there are good things about it, but it doesn't hold up. I
0: <laughs> I tried so hard. Just like I tried to get into Gundam. Cause like on paper Gundam should be my bread and butter. In and I, fairness, I
1: with Gundam, Gundam basically are completely different shows depending on which Gundam you're trying.
0: I know, but I've tried so many Gundams. I'm like, yeah, no, this, this, this isn't doing it for me.
1: <laughs>
0: and I'll again, I think clear. it goes back to my core thing of like, this is not a thing for me, cause the other thing we haven't talked about, the cultural specific backgrounds are different.
1: Well hold on, before we do that, real quick, I just want to say with Gundam, I made it a I learned through Ulrich not to recommend things to people based on whether or not I like them. I try to recommend things to people based on whether or not I think they would like them, based on my understanding of their tastes.
0: Which is a system we should all practice, but when you you don't generally as,
1: Yeah, as such I rarely recommend an anime to Ulrich. Basically never for the last 10 years. And if I were to recommend a Gundam, and I don't even know what the name is, I just know there's one that's just like four animated shorts about essentially a guerrilla war happening. It's like Vietnam with Gundams.
0: I started watching that one and it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what that one's called, but I'm just saying that like, I don't even know. Gundam something,
0: something, something, C something, something.
1: Whereas for me personally, I like G Gundam. It's the stupidest one of them all, but I like it.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, no, on paper, I should love big stompy robots, wage and war looking cool. I tried so hard because it was Gundam and it was Dragon Ball Z where the big tsunami block. I'm like, I will watch these because I am a boy and this is punching and robots. And I love those two things. And every time my eyes is kind of glazed over, I'm like, oh, what what is happening? Why is this still going on? How is this boring?
1: Yeah. Anyway, you were saying cultural differences. And
0: that's the that's the other big thing that kind of goes unspoken but needs to be addressed is because it is. These are made by people with entirely different backgrounds with entirely different influences.
1: I will say that I think the best stuff to come out of either the West or the East tends to either that isn't a detriment to watching or it is part of it in such a way that it actually teaches you in an engaging way. Like... I am not a fan of Demon Slayer, but I know it's really popular and has been for a long uh, for a few years at this point.
0: That's the big one that's going on right now, right?
1: Uh it's one of the big ones. Yeah, Demon Slayer's been like the biggest one. It was the first shonen jump title to outsell One Piece in like 16 years or something. Now, then,
0: that's the one I've seen with the guy with the pig head and the girl with the gag ball in her mouth, right?
1: Yeah. The guy with the pig head wears a boar's head because he was raised by boars and the The girl with the gag is a demon, if I remember correctly. I only watched a little bit of it. But anyway, my point is, regardless (laughs) of whether or not I like it, is not the point. I don't like it because I'm not into Japanese aesthetic. Because I was involved in the anime community for my entire teens and early 20s. And I got burnt out on kimonos and katanas and, and shit like that. And so Demon Slayer is so entrenched in that. It's literally kimonos, katanas. And yet it's, like, super popular. And I shouldn't say yet. It is super popular, and I think part of what's super popular is how it presents those aesthetics to an audience that doesn't live those aesthetics.
0: Yeah, because that's the other thing. Is anime hit big for a generation that wasn't into the militaristic vibe of Western comics. They like samurai. They like the whole Eastern Asian aesthetic. They were tired of pouches. They were tired of guns. They were tired of overly ripped dudes, which is weird that Dragon Ball hit the way it did, but separate topic.
1: There's a, yeah, there's a whole conversation that can be had there. But it's funny because when you talk about the comics bubble burst and whatnot, I, I (laughs) haven't read too many nineties comics, but I read uh, death of the family which is not Death in the Family. Death in the Family is the famous Batman comic where Joker kills Robin with a crowbar. Because yes. fans were pissed. But it's a cool comic. Like,
0: yeah, it's it's, it's outside. Yeah. the When you take away the context, like, no, actually, they're not bad. Death,
1: yeah, Death of the Family, on the other hand, is this super grimy, gritty thing where Joker, who's had his face ripped off and stapled it back on, basically tricks the whole Bat family into thinking that he's ripped off all of their faces. And it's... It's an okay story that is drawn so grotesquely and I can understand people being, I I mean, okay, quick side tangent of my side tangent. I saw Teach Me Turtle's Mutant Mayhem this year, which is okay, but one thing that's about it that I thought was interesting is how it very much evoked a, everyone needs to be ugly. Everything needs to look horrible and grimy and gross, like the kind of comic that this is adapting. So like... Just because something looks bad doesn't mean it is bad. That can be an aesthetic choice. Yep. So for fans of Death of the Family, I'm sure that plays into it. I found it off-putting in such well, a way that...
0: that I, was, I think That's like good. in the mid-aughts when we really leaned into the dark, gringe, grunge, for lack of okay. a better word, McFarlane of
1: it all. And I've read some Batman comics that, you know, touched on that. Touched on that. Like, I read I Am Bane, which is like a 16-comic run that's a subsection of a... It's great. Really good stuff. I have heard good things. Yeah. uh, But... Yeah, but Death of the Family really made me feel gross. And I like the Joker as a character, and that was like the, the least I've ever liked him. Yeah,
0: no, there's definitely been some comics I'm like, oh no, this this isn't for me. But again, first thing I do is I flip through and I look at the art. Now, the other thing we got to talk about in the big, and this is a big East-West thing, comics, manga, anime, superhero, cartoons. Anime and manga is horny in a way that Western comics never could be.
1: Mm. If we're talking about in the 90s and aughts, I think you're correct about that. But again, that that comes down largely to what the target demographic was.
0: In Western animation,
1: the target demographic tended to be under 12, whereas in anime, Japanese anime, the target demographic tended to be, I think, 11 to 16. There's also just
0: cultural what's the word I'm searching sensitivities didn't yeah, translate.
1: arguably arguably the cultural sensitivities you would think would go in the other direction because Japan even to this day
0: is really conservative socially conservative
1: comparatively yes. to us.
0: anyway yes. but yeah no and I'm not saying comics aren't horny okay I remember the Marvel swimsuit editions
1: or just look at almost any female superheroes copy.
0: yes and how they're drawn what it is not a question
1: yeah no if we look at comics to manga i'd say it's the same yes I'd argue comics are hornier than manga but yes anime is hornier than cartoons so yeah. yes
0: and that was the other big factor that can again started this whole shift of comics are for children anime is for adults because it has
1: boobs which of course always takes us back to what we talked about in several recordings there's no faster way to appear juvenile than to try to appear mature like yep. force it
0: yeah and, and that goes for bad comics bad anime bad manga all of it
1: yeah and that's honestly why for one of the reasons why i stopped getting into an or why i stopped watching anime in general is cuz i got real tired of the predominance of that the fastest way to get me to stop watching an anime ever is to introduce a overly proportioned fan service character i just i i check out entirely then because then it feels like the creators someone involved is just condescending to me and i no longer am invested in the story
0: yeah and there's ways to do it well most of them don't i mean when we were talking about cowboy bebop we had a fan service counter like that doesn't serve the that's just a weird thing that they threw in here for reasons no one understands
1: yeah, it is funny because sometimes Faye has done fan service, I think, properly. And there are a couple episodes where it feels like, why are her boobs jiggling in opposite directions? That's not necessary. Or
0: why is she sunbathing and then Ed is rubbing her face on her thigh? That was that's still like, OK, that was a thing that happened for reasons I don't understand. And the less said about the episode that we're both thinking of, the better. Yeah, because and again, let's we, we can if you know, you know, it's a shower scene. <sighs> we'll leave it mm-hmm. at
1: that. There's it's complicated
0: (laughs) but because it's again that's something that we weren't having in mainstream comics
1: at the time at least yeah mainstream comics certainly it's funny because we get a lot more stuff like that now well that's the other
0: my whole point is because this younger generation has grown up with both they've intermingled both they've played with both they see they don't see a difference and it's making better stuff overall even if i don't necessarily like it we're getting better stuff
1: Yeah, there's an animation out right now called My Life with or My Adventures with Superman that's fucking amazing. And you can tell that the people behind it watched a shitload of things like, I don't know, Eureka 7 or like a lot of 90s anime. And it's a Superman show, but it still feels like Superman despite having a lot of trappings of what we would call anime. I would argue it is anime, but anyway.
0: Well, let's go back to the big debate that was kind of the thing. You know, is Avatar anime and people went back and forth and back and forth. Great wars were raged. Families were, you yeah. know, divided. Okay. Cities were scorched.
1: The only reason why I feel like it's an argument at all is because Avatar was universally loved. That's and it. it? Basically, and it basically became a both sides wanting to claim it in order to have, like, the bonus points or something. Basically, this anime. is
0: proof that anime is superior to Western animation. This is proof that Western animation can do better than anime.
1: Yeah, which is dumb. It just is dumb at the end of the
0: day. When it was really, they blended the two. They took yeah. the martial arts and the Eastern aesthetic, but they took the softer, rounder edges of the Western aesthetic.
1: But also how it's actually animated and the narrative decisions are largely driven by a manga-esque which is this is these are the reasons why i say avatar is anime i don't think that makes it better or worse i literally just say it as categorization as like if i tell you it's like these shows that's more accurate than saying it's like these shows like avatar has more in common with something like dragon ball z than it does with courage the cowardly dog all you know nothing against any of those shows that's just a matter of course
0: that's another part we've talked about western animation has been in a bad place for at least the last 20 years probably more
1: i would say that we've come out of that since we're
0: getting better we are getting stuff again the fact that gendry tartakovsky has now had two shows go to completion both primal and unicorn warriors eternal that's great the fact that Big Mouth ran for six seasons and then got a spinoff kind of works against that narrative. But kids animation, they're fucking doing great. They're having the best yeah. time over
1: there. Like, Regardless of your thoughts, Adventure Time basically kicked off a new animation renaissance. For
0: so kids. my daughter is watching the new spinoff, Fiona and Cat or Fiona and something. Fiona and Cake. I have no idea what the fuck it's about. Like, Okay. Maybe it's time I try and watch Adventure Time to figure out what no, the hell is I would, all about.
1: I would never recommend Adventure Time to you. Adventure Time is literally surrealism nostalgia, and it's the kind of thing that I would think you would hate.
0: Then, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll give Steven Universe another try.
1: Steven Universe is the one that I think you would hate for a while and then come around on because See, it starts. See,
0: the only reason I'm even debating about giving Steven Universe another try is because our fans said it has my theme song in it
1: <laughs> Giant Woman.
0: Yes. And I listened to that and like, okay, you motherfuckers one, you are too spot on. I got to give you credit Two, this makes me laugh. Maybe there's something here.
1: That episode is actually fairly early and it introduces the extremely important concept of fusion, which is a big part of what the rest of the universe is about. But I mean, the universe is a giant metaphor for identity and sexuality and politics and interaction between those three concepts and PTSD and a lot of other things, but (laughs) My point was, I don't personally like <laughs> Adventure Time, but I respect the fuck out of it, and the fact that it basically spawned off in, into a bunch of great things. Like, I don't know if uh, there's any direct connections to Gravity Falls. I don't think there are, but uh, Falls a
0: lot too, of the same about, like, team yeah, worked really? on those ones. Yeah, cool. I think I can't remember where they crossed, but yeah, <laughs> which is really cool because like this new wave of cartoons, Big City Greens, uh, Amphibia. Fucking, there's a, like oh, Owl House.
1: What's but, that one about the the kid at the park with the portal to hell?
0: The kid at the park with the portal to hell?
1: Yeah, the one that you had me read the comic of a little bit when I was there. It oh, kind
0: of uh, Dead End.
1: Dead End, yeah, there you go.
0: Separate thing, but also. But anyways, the big three, like the big three shows that broke out of Disney all were these are people that worked on Gravity Falls. These are people that worked on Adventure Time. These are people that worked in that whole general.
1: Yeah, but I've, I've been told grouping. and I haven't traced this myself, but you can trace basically most of the good animation in kids animation. Now, right now, back to Adventure Time, That like the main people working on them have some connection to Adventure Time.
0: Yeah, no. And even then, like Gravity Falls had a lot of people that were on Dexter's lab. Rob Renzati worked on the first season of Gravity Falls, got his start back on Dexter's lab. Ooh, very cool. So yeah, there's that whole connection. But anyways, in the spirit of blending of the two, I don't like Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z Abridged, it's which comedy. which I would argue takes all the comic bullshit, mixes in some humor, and adds, you know, a bit of the Western perspective on this is
1: weird. Funny, considering that Kaiser Necco, like the head guy, is the one who won't even pronounce it Goku when he's pronounced it Goku. I know. Goku, which is I, fine. He's allowed to do that. but
0: He's like, one of does... three. <laughs> so, <laughs> And again, they all have their hangups. But that to me is just this, that is the pinnacle of what happens when you stop with this stupid separation argument and like, no, no, they can all blend. And while we're fucking nailing down things, comics, books, anime, all the same thing. It's yeah. just a slightly different medium.
1: Well, again, My Adventures with Superman... Is an anime Superman, and it's amazing. Fuck
0: the Castlevania series was great. No,
1: and again, I didn't want to. I don't want to go into detail on this, but I think that's a big part of the reason why in the West people took a long time to get on board with One Piece because it looked too much like a Western cartoon to your average anime fan.
0: Which is weird to me because it looks well, it's the rounded eyes. Everyone has those big rounded eyes.
1: Yeah, but that was literally one of the main criticisms of it for years when I was in the community was that it looks like a cartoon, not an anime, which I think is actually one of its strengths. But
0: and I'm sure I know I've shared this story before, but I still remember when I was watching Digimon one time, my dad walks in and goes, "Why are you watching those Jap cartoons?" And I said, "What do you mean? They are Japanese. They all speak English." He's like, "We don't eat rice for breakfast in America," and it was like, "Oh, he's right."
1: Yeah, my my stepdad. <laughs> First six years, he referred to it as a, with a slur, as well, which I'm not going to repeat here. Yeah,
0: (laughs) no, I'm sure that came in again with my dad, but it was funny. Again, I was what ten years old. Did not occur to me that this was you know from a foreign country because like well they speak English and never thought of any of you know why can't I read their words?
1: Well, it's funny because you know I never considered it with Dragon Ball Z, like again I started watching Dragon Ball Z when I was about six, I want to say, and. The first, the first show that I watched from Japan, where I was aware of its existence as a Japanese show, was Naruto when I was thirteen. Because my girlfriend at the time, or no, not my girlfriend, because I didn't have a girlfriend. that was fifteen. No spoilers. But uh, my,
0: how can you give spoilers movies? for your life? Are you writing yeah. a memoir?
1: Maybe you don't know what I'm doing. You're on I've your sick bed.
0: Of, you're on your sick I've bed dying. Like
1: time while I have a plague. Okay. I know
0: you're sitting like I need to record all this. And then when I was ten.
1: Yeah, but no. When I was thirteen, I had a friend who had a big Naruto wall scroll, and I had no idea what it was. But I started. But he started telling me about it, and then like it came on. toonami or not to or maybe it was. It was when tsunami had the like Saturday night slot. Yeah. He It started showing up there. And so I already knew about it as Japanese before I started watching. That was the first time I engaged with what I consider like anime culture.
0: And I mean, even going further back to the first kind of blending of this two, which also goes to why, was Power Rangers. Yeah. That was really starting to blend the two aesthetics together.
1: That's not a. um, I don't know if I want to commit to that, but I do think there's an interesting... Well, it's
0: also the same reason that Dragon Ball Z and all these other stuff got imported. Is the same reason uh, Power Rangers was successful. It was cheap as shit. Yes, and there was so much of it, you I could read. never run out. You could run Dragon Ball Z till the heat death of the universe.
1: I, uh, I've I've watched interviews with a bunch of the Funimation people, including Christopher Sabat, who's my favorite anime voice actor, and he talked about how in the beginning Funimation was like six people, which is yeah. why the the old Dragon Ball. Dub has had so many repeat voices. Now that also comes down to how they're actually done. Apparently, because Funimation is you know based in uh, I want to say Texas, um, they'll do a thing where they'll just have like see some voice actor walking down a hall from one gig to another. Like, hey, you want to come voice you know the side character real quick? Yeah, all right. <laughs> well,
0: again, I think at the time voice actors were not well. Voice actors are still treated like shit, but they were treated worse then.
1: There's been a lot more attention paid to them. For sure. And that's that's very good because voice acting is its own profession separate from acting. It's a whole different set of skills.
0: They still should be protected by SAG, though.
1: Oh, I agree.
0: I'm <laughs> I, if SAG actors are going to take voice acting roles, then voice actors should be allowed in SAG.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But I I mean, I always come back to I know this was fucking like 20 years ago, but it always makes me crazy to think that I believe it was Billy West I think who was the voice of bugs bunny in space jam and he wasn't even invited to the red carpet like viewing at all he voiced one of the literal main characters and he got completely snubbed by the company yeah that just pisses me off to no end
0: i mean that that tracks because again that's still the issue with hollywood voice actors and again it's it's also an issue within the wider thing you can do a funny voice why do you matter i can do a funny voice and like it's it's not the same
1: i will say that from what i've been told voice acting in voice acting western animation voice acting anime and being a seiyuu which is an actual japanese voice actor are basically fundamentally three different things if if you're a english voice actor for a western animation one of the big advantages you have to my understanding is they usually get to be in the room with your co-stars you get to record together and then they make the animation to your voice western dubbing people they are one at a time because they have to match their lines directly up to lip flaps so that's a whole different experience there and seiyu and i don't even claim to have a proper understanding of this but japanese voice actors are like also musicians and like idols and whole other like things going on which is why they have a lot of cases where they'll have them sing the songs in their shows like from my understanding say it was a whole like even bigger responsibility but i'm not going to i don't know enough to really claim it see it's interesting
0: to know some of the best western superhero shows like justice league like batman basically all bruce tim shit they got to record together and they got to see and they got to interact and they got they got to work together they took the Eastern model and like, no, no, it's better if the actors can see and interact and play off each other rather than just have to, you know, have their lines read to them. Now, last things last, we got to talk about it or people are going to yell at us. Where does the Miyazaki fit in all of this? And I'll tell you simple, uh, Spirited Away won an Oscar and then no one was allowed to critique it after that because the weight that Oscars carry in our country.
1: So the reason why this is even a big deal at all is because Miyazaki himself has claimed, at least on one occasion, to my knowledge, that he doesn't like classifying his work as anime. He likes classifying it basically as films that happen to be animated. Which I am not going to say anything negative about Miyazaki-sama. But, oh,
0: I, I will, but, but that's that's, kinda, that's him on a uh, that's
1: him as a person, not him as a creator. Yeah, but that is very pretentious and. I do think that Miyazaki's work is generally a completely different genre of animation.
0: Oh, it is. It's fucking incredible shit. But what I'm saying is most once anime, it... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to it's, say, it's a different genre than most anime. But I don't think that makes it not anime.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just saying the minute Spirited Away won an Oscar, it kind of transcended the whole argument of East versus West. Yeah. And it Which became really a quote-unquote foreign film, yeah. and it went to a separate room from everybody else.
1: It's just funny because I would, I always am surprised that Spirit Away is the one that won that because it, I don't know. I've seen plenty of Miyazaki. I've also not seen plenty of it. I just found out recently that I've only seen probably half of his output, but I'm a big fan of Princess Mononoke, and, okay, and the fact that Spirit Away got the award is just so weird to me.
0: Remember, the Oscars do not matter and are not a reflection of quality.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. I just, I just saw Porco Rosso. Like for the first time two weeks ago. And that was a that's Michael Keaton voicing a like World War Two era bomber pilot who happens to be a pig man. That was crazy.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm um, going to be the Academy went, huh? This is like that punchy shouty show my son watches, but better. And it's from a foreign country. And it's better that therefore it is better than anything we generate here in the states. So yeah. I don't know, maybe it Plus is Spirit indicative Alley. of the whole argument.
1: Plus, Spirit Away is basically, and I don't mean this disparagingly; it's just observational. It's Alice in Wonderland, but with Japanese folklore. Yes, and so that's something easy for you know the Oscar people to latch onto. I think it's
0: just weird enough because there's just there's just enough stuff going on under the surface subtextually. It's I
1: mean, like it oh, a subtext and. Miyazaki stuff, except for Grave of the Fireflies, where it's super text instead.
0: <laughs> Sometimes he doesn't even, you know, bother not to tell you. It's like, no, no, this is what it's about. But yeah, I don't know. Well, we haven't even talked about, like, the new rising genre, the cartoon saloon. You know, the people out of Ireland that are doing some of the most haunting, sad, heartbreaking animated stuff.
1: I have not seen Secret of Kells yet. It's been on my watch list for literally years. I just never had time to sit oh, down and Secret
0: it. of Kells is really good. But uh, Song of the Sea is the one that almost makes me cry because it's so sad. And wolf walker he is just you know ireland's fuck you letter to oliver cromwell
1: yeah so that's why I like i don't even i don't to me the word anime for instance is more indicative of people who engage in that side of popular culture and unless and, and the actual thing they're engaging with themselves now manga you can use that term directly because that very specifically means a certain type of comic book, but it's still a comic book. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just,
0: this is a weird holdover because I'm not saying the internet is not this way today, but we used to be a lot more tribal, if yeah, you can even imagine that.
1: And yeah, we're still pretty tribal. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear that Ulrich and I, at the very least, are we try very hard to be aware of our own inclinations towards tribalism and combat that.
0: Everyone but... is. It's ingrained in in you it's there at the core because we were monkeys once and we all lived in tribes together yeah and it takes more than a few thousand years of evolution to totally root that out and no this was just a weird thing and it also and i i say this as someone who experienced it anime kids in high school like everyone in high school went really over the top.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've talked many times about how fandoms for things can really ruin the experience with inherently good things. And that's not really the thing's fault, but...
0: And maybe that's where it started. Comic book nerds spent so much of their time being bullied for just reading Superman. And then these kids came to school with their Naruto headbands and weird signs drawn on their bodies. And it's just like, oh, so he gets a pass, but I get my Superman stomped in the drain. I see how this is.
1: I mean, that's the classic, the bullied becomes the bullier concept there. Yeah. Which is perfect. I mean, I'm just saying. By perfect, I mean a perfect example of what we're talking about. Don't take me out of context. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I'm saying that's where a lot of mine came from. I couldn't talk about comics because comics were for nerds and I had anime friends. It's just like, you, you're out here living in the sun talking about your weird names I can't pronounce and I can't be excited for X-Men.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because things have really shifted. I mean. Again, younger you know, generation
0: doesn't care it's all the same thing to them
1: but not just that i mean marvel is the most mainstream popular culture thing
0: and they have yet they did nothing nothing with being attached to one of the biggest animation studios in the world
1: Sure, i never thought about that
0: no uh, x-men tv that. series no we had a great avengers tv series that they canceled
1: it's weird that most marvel shows i think are bad my favorite marvel show is the spectacular spider-man but that was before they merged with disney and they canceled it because of the merge give us ultimate spider-man instead which is okay but not nearly as good as spectacular yeah
0: Spider-Man. that's uh earth's mightiest heroes and avengers that's the whole thing like one existed before, and it was awesome. One existed after, and it was
1: bad. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't understand why Detective Comics f- consistently puts out better animation than than Marvel Comics.
0: Yeah, it and no it, it, it makes no sense because the only reason they're still producing those DVDs is because they sell, and they sell the comics they're attached to.
1: Well, it's funny because that's another thing. In In Japan, there are a lot of animation studios. Like, it's an entire industry itself Now, i'm not claiming there aren't multiple animation studios in the west particularly in canada surprisingly but it really isn't the same thing the fact that you can point you can say a madhouse project and basically anyone in the ma community knows exactly what you're talking about and has a certain level of like quality Com- same thing with like bones or you know any number of other things like that and it's just not the same situation over here other than disney which Everyone knows.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. That just, that strikes me as weird. I keep coming back to like, oh, but we're getting the X-Men series. Like, yeah, 20-some, like over a decade into the MCU, they're like, hey, we have an animation studio and we own the television rights to these things. Maybe we should make cartoons about this thing that's popular, you know?
1: That reminds me, Side sidebar. What do you think about the internet idea of Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine? Oh, God, no. See, apparently it has to do with this recent movie where he bulked up a lot and has an entire sequence where like, he rips off his clothes and berserks on people.
0: No. I... Hm. All right. He's... Okay, listen. If we're getting another Wolverine, he doesn't necessarily have to be short. He just cannot be conventionally attractive in any way. This mm. is the ugly man's time to shine.
1: Okay, if that's your reason for it, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah.
0: Listen, Hugh Jackman's great, but... Wolverine, no one's supposed to to want to sleep with Wolverine. He's short, and he's hairy, and he smells bad, and his face is hamburger.
1: Yeah, I only brought it up because, like, I don't really care necessarily, but I followed Daniel Radcliffe's career ever since he left Harry Potter, which I think has been a lot more interesting for Oh, yes. He's a
0: great actor. I love him in things, but no. Yeah, okay. Also, I'm tired of everyone making the easy, conventional, oh, it should be this person. So I'm tired of everyone saying Adam Driver for everything. Like, no, no. Really?
1: I never hear that.
0: Oh, Adam Driver should do Doom. Adam Driver should do Mr. Fantastic. Adam Driver should do Magneto.
1: I've heard Doom for him before. I haven't heard the other two.
0: Yeah, Adam Driver gets on for everything. For Doom, but no, it needs again, to be a for voice.
1: Me, for, again, for me personally, Doom should be vaguely Eastern European.
0: Yeah, no. And I get why people are saying Adam Driver for Doom, and I'm not touching that one.
1: I mean, I don't get it, but I'm not going to...
0: Well, gonna East... Think of all the ethnicity that Doom is supposed to be, and how people could map that onto Adam Driver. I guess that's where I, I don't. Know, I could be green. Anyways, is for the Wolverine thing. It should be uh, Laura first because we've had a decade and a half of Logan. Let's do Laura. Sure. Get I'll Daphne Keene back. Free
1: stuff. Anyways, Daphne yeah, was great.
0: <laughs> that's our big old man ramble about why it's all the same and anyone that's still arguing about it is just old and stupid and bitter
1: yeah which is really funny because i feel like anyone listening to this is going to be like you guys are wit- like no one cares about you know what sure fine but literally it was just a hey one piece live action is fucking amazing and- which is
0: proving this whole thing is dead well and truly
1: yeah and a bunch of people who don't even like one piece are liking the one piece live action so it's just a it brought up the kind of conversation. Yeah. By the way, that's my suggestion for the week, is Netflix's One Piece live action, which I have now watched all the way through four times.
0: I have so, been sitting here trying to figure what the fuck Opla is. Yeah, One Piece live action. I'm like, Opla, did he find a new Jewish restaurant that he really likes? I mean, that's
1: it's kind of hard. But what, We could see each other's suggestion of the week on a little shared Google Doc. So I wrote O-P-L-A.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been sitting here thinking it's like some Jewish... Delhi or something that he's really you've really gotten into maybe does yeah. mail order services that makes anyway, sense now
1: like still like number one on netflix in 80 plus countries after like a month just give it a shot i would say watch two episodes if you're not caught because the way that they've actually separated it is it's four directors eight episodes and every director did a two episode as like an arc so basically they're like four little movies so yeah watch two episodes if it doesn't catch you it doesn't catch you whatever but It's getting all the positive buzz for a reason.
0: And now we find out if it can survive the strike.
1: Yep. Fingers crossed. Just pay your goddamn writers, Netflix. Please, please. They've already announced season two. Do not fuck me on this Netflix.
0: I mean, it's Netflix. They're going to fuck you somewhere along the line.
1: I know, but I can hope. Hope Uh, This is true.
0: (laughs) Uh, I have been playing a lot of a new game called Humankind. I don't know if you heard about this one at all. Uh, it was originally this wasn't them this was fans of it was billed as the civilization killer it was going to kill Sid Meier's Civ
1: Yeah, yeah right nothing's going to kill Civ
0: No because it's a 4X strategy it's very heavily modeled on Civ and yeah it ain't it ain't touching Civ
1: You don't kill something by making a clone of it Didn't we it's learn that
0: It's not lesson a before? clone it's a superior in Listen if you're like if you're a person like me that does not like Civ 6 Humankind is a great alternative. Okay, go on. But even as I say that, like it's it's still Civ Six does a lot. It's it's better put together in a lot of ways. But All one right, of so the that's,
1: your, that's, that's your my sales pitch. Well, it's, it's a Civ Six style game, but
0: it's a Civilization cool. style game for those that don't like Civ. But its biggest thing, and this is something that Civ Seven needs: the combat is good.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
0: So the big standout difference here is. You build your little stack of armies and then you take them. And then when you gauge a battle, the battlefield balloons out. And now it's a turn-based uh, combat with all the units in your army fighting the other units. Kind of like Battle Sector. I haven't played Battle Sector. It's more kind of like the old Heroes of Might and Magic style.
1: Okay. I love Heroes of Might and Magic. So
0: It's that style. Like your entire army is now laid out on a little grid and they interact. And it is so much more fun to do that than the traditional like, okay. Let's try and shuffle everyone over here and get them all lined up so they can interact. Or the boring, like, well, I've got a stack and you've got a stack. Let's just smash the stacks together. Yeah. Okay. The other cool thing it does is you don't play as one culture. You can, as each epic goes along, you can either stay as your culture that you are, or you can switch to a new culture, which has new benefits, new gameplay styles. It's very it's a smart way to do it. And it's so close to being really good that I want to suggest it to more people go play it because like, no, no, this is a fun alternative to Civ. It's not Civ, but it's a fun alternative and it needs some tweaking around the edges, but what works, works really well. Cool. So anyways, those are our suggestions. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that's how this grows and you get to share it with your friends. Actually, sharing with your friends is better than liking and doing all those other things. But I understand sharing strange podcasts with friends, especially this one. Well, I was asking a bit much.
1: Yeah, and thank you for listening to this on whatever platform you're currently listening to it on. If that platform was a consolation choice for you and there's some other one you prefer to be on but we're not, tell us about it. If it's possible, we'll make it happen.
0: As always, it's been Large Man Oric.
1: And it's Shield Brother Axel Wright.
0: Be sure to tune in next time. And as always,
1: stay honorable.